Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and this is Ascension Presents. So one of the things people will come to me and ask about, well, actually, I don't know if they come to me. In fact, this is one of those things that people don't come to me about because they're so embarrassed about it, and it's the idea of comparison. Um, people will, will compare themselves to each other, and they won't actually admit it to others until it gets to such a point where it's like, oh my gosh, everyone's comparing themselves to each other. It's the worst thing in the world. I'm like, oh, okay, now you finally came and talked to me about this. We could have resolved this really, really a lot earlier when if you would have said, Father, I'm starting to compare myself to other people, and I would say, stop it. Problem solved. <laughs> That's what this whole video is going to be about. You're comparing yourself? Stop it. So if you want to just jump to the end, you don't even have to hear the rest of this because you know what you can hear me say when it comes to comparison? Stop it. Okay, there you go. There's the lesson. Why? Because comparison goes, comparison is the worst. In fact, I think it was Aristotle who once said, comparisons are odious. They just, they stink. They're awful. They don't actually make you happy for a moment. In fact, comparison is kind of related to envy in that way. Maybe you've heard it said in the past that uh, um, all other sins we choose, they make us feel happy for at least a moment. Like think about any sin that you and I might happen to choose. Every one of them makes us happy for even just a, a second. Envy doesn't make us happy ever. From the moment you're envious until you hold on to it, until the day you stop being envious, it didn't make you happy. It didn't give you any joy. It didn't give you any pleasure at all. And comparison is very, very much like this. It's very much like the cousin of envy. And, and one, of the, one of the things that can happen for us a lot in the church is we compare ourselves to this, like, you know, this, this fake ideal Catholic, right? We have this idea. Sometimes you have this idea. Maybe you don't have it, in which case you're spared of this and awesome, well done, keep it up, of like cookie-cutter Catholicism. Cookie-cutter Catholicism is, is that, okay, so I have this parish and the people who are like really involved are all about X, Y, and Z. So um, it could be this. It could be I have this parish that's really into social justice and so all like the ideal, cook, you know, Ideal Catholics are the ones who are all about like the committee for social justice and whatnot. Or maybe you have a parish that's thriving and has married couples and families and you're not married or you don't have a family or you were married but something happened to the, the marriage and you say, okay, I don't fit that mold. And so then you're saying like, what? Well, so um, in my parish, you have to be like this in order to fit in because that's the ideal. Now, the interesting thing about Catholic is kataholos, right, is Greek. That means universal, which means that no one of those models, no one of those emphases is actually the ideal. There is not one person in, your, in our experience of like a cookie cutter Catholic who is the actual ideal. It reminds me of this Bible passage where St. Paul is writing about the body and how the different parts of the body can't say to the other part of the body, I don't need you. We need the whole thing. But there is not, it's to kind of stretch out St. Paul's metaphor, it doesn't make sense for the hand to say to the foot, not I just don't need you, that's what Paul writes. It doesn't make sense for the hand to say to the foot, you need to be more like me. That doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense for the foot to say to the hand, like, why can't, I'll never be, I'll never fit in this body because I'm not a hand. Like, no, that makes no sense. So if you find yourself 
comparing yourself to other people in your parish or in the church and say, well, because I'm not them, I don't fit. Stop it, because you're wrong. But that's false. In fact, a more kind of accurate image that I have is God has given you a plot of land and he says, okay, build on it. Now, there are some things that on your plot of land, if you looked at your life as a plot of land here, there's some things on your life that like they got to go. Like it just actually doesn't work um, if you're going to be following Jesus. Like, yeah, this has to be torn up. This has to be fixed. This has to be repaired. This has to be eliminated. We all have things in our lives that are like that. Not, but, but here's the important thing. But there's also stuff on your plot of land that need to be cultivated. There's things that need to be eliminated, but there's also things that need to be cultivated. There's this, this grove of trees that's on your land and like, well, no one else has trees on their spot, on their property. Like, well, so I need to cut those down. No, 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 you don't. If you want this grove of trees or you have these rose bushes, like no one else has rose bushes, like maybe I should cut those rose bushes down. No, that's part of what makes your plot of land unique. And the Lord gave you this plot of land. Yet some things need to be eliminated, but some things need to be cultivated and they might make you look, actually no, they will make you look different. But God gave those gifts, and they have to be gifted things, right? Gift, he gave you those gifts to cultivate. So when you start building, you start cultivating the land, eliminating some things and cultivating other things, it's going, it has to look different. If you say, like, I've got this, like, this, it's kind of messed up, my plot of land has this whole like, big dirt ravine going through it, um, it look, doesn't look as pretty as ever, other people's. Okay, well, A, can you fill it in? No, I can't. I have to build around it. Okay, then you get to build around it because you were created in this unique way. Now, some things were given to you, you are created that way, and some things happened to you, right? Someone created that ravine or an accident happened and that ravine was there and you get to work with it, but it's part of what's going to make your plot of land completely unique. The thing is, God does not desire any of us to be a cookie cutter. I said there's no such thing as an ideal. There's no such thing as an ideal in your parish, but we do have the ideal. His name is Jesus. Jesus is, you know, St. Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So maybe he's saying, like, I'm the second ideal, whatever. But the point is, the ideal is Jesus. And when it comes down to it, every single one of us is called to pattern our lives off of him, that our hearts end up looking like his. So what's in your plot of land that looks like Christ's heart? Cultivate that. What's in your plot of land that actually gets in the way of Christ's heart? Then eliminate that. But in all things, choose Jesus. Now, we just had a little uh, pipe water going through the pipes right now, so I'm going to cut this uh, video, to a, bring this video to a close and let you know that if you ever find yourself falling into this cookie cutter Catholicism or comparison Catholicism, just stop it. From all of us here to Sits Presents, my name's Father Mike. God bless. Like, subscribe, comment, and all that stuff.